Oh hi, welcome to Hot Dice Nerds. Um, we're uh, going to look at a game called Weird Weird West, and mm. we've got uh, Tom G. Tom G. Hello, it's me. I'm Tom G. <laughs> Author of the game um, and uh, close personal friend of uh, me, and therefore. And the Hot Dice Nerds. And the Hot Dice Nerds. He is an official Hot Dice Nerd, having played Drinking Quest. The, uh, true. One of the most hilarious Hot Dice Nerds we had. <laughs> with uh, with uh, Evie setting a new standard for uh, how drunk you can be and yeah. still be on a stream. <laughs> Unbelievably messed up <laughs> on live streaming. <laughs> so, uh, you wrote a game. I did. Mm. I wrote a game. So, uh, yeah, so... People might be interested to know this was a COVID project. I I wrote the first line and title of this in March of 2020, back when we had the first COVID lockdowns in the UK. And two years later, there's a PDF that exists. <laughs> <laughs> it came out the other end of the game. Uh, it's like a so yeah, it's been like a it's a western, right? Yeah, so it's a it's a very a narrative-focused cinematic Western game. The idea being, it hopefully generates the outcome of the other end is, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly meets Supernatural meets Django Unchained meets The X-Files. It's a, it's, it's a big mashup of Western tropes and yeah. horror media smashed together. <laughs> Spaghetti horror Westerns. Exactly, yeah. As opposed to being like a dedicated setting it's instead just whatever you think westerns are, whatever you think is weird, it's that. Put those together. So is that what you mean when you say like rules light when you talk about a game being rules light? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's rules light in the sense of the the number of mechanics is light rel- relative to what traditional RPGs are. I kind of hate the term, but yeah, what people might know is like Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition or Pathfinder or Call of Cthulhu where there's lots of intricate cogs and gears that mm. are moving all the time. Weird Weird West is a Powered by the Apocalypse hack. So uh, any RPG fans that are watching might know Powered by the Apocalypse, a.k.a. Apocalypse World, a.k.a. Apocalypse Engine, is a a loose family of gaming systems that are yeah designed to be story-driven and fiction-first. As opposed to mechanics first. So, whose uh, responsibility is it in the game? The story is that like wholly on the shoulders of the. It's everyone's. So it's it's uh, it's designed to foster a. I've heard the term described quite well, in my opinion, as a writer's room. It's meant to feel like a we're all contributing to the story equally, as opposed to just the GM putting out obstacles for the players to jump through. Okay. Which can sometimes sometimes feel like it's happening when you're playing uh, mechanics-driven games. Yeah, sure, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you want people to be able to write their own stories. Um, so, does that like open up a kind of gate to people being able to like say, "Oh, well, I find a machine gun," <laughs> you know, for example? Yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully not. You want tonally, uh, it's about being, it's about funneling people onto the same page. So. Yeah. A, a mechanics first game would have things in it like, for example, on your turn, you can attack or guard or move or defend, blah, 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 whatever your game is, right? Mm-hmm. Powered by the Apocalypse games tend to be 
inverse. So you say what you want to do, yeah, whatever it is, and if there is a mechanic that fits that, we then trigger that mechanic and okay. that gets pulled in. So it's sort of flipped in the other direction. Uh, so it, hopefully the idea is, you know, you're all on the same page anyway. You spent some time saying, this is Cowboys, we're doing a Cowboy game, you're going to be robbing mm -hmm. a train, that sort of thing. Go when on, you okay. go into it, you're just you're just describing what your character does without a concern for mechanics. You're go just on, saying, okay. your Cowboy does this, your Cowboy does that. So, like, in, for example, in D&D, &D, you'd, be, you'd be like, well, I've got a movement and an action and a bonus action. I'm allowed to exactly, split my yeah. movement, but I'm not allowed to, like... I can do my actions in any, like, my action or my bonus action anywhere. Can I, but I can't do two actions, but I can do a bonus action. So, like, I use half my movement to run down the corridor and my yeah, my, uh, yeah. my bonus action to cast a cantrip that I have. And then, like, um, I, 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 like I couldn't use a leveled spell if I'd used another leveled spell. Instead, you're, you'd, like, yeah. have to think that through to describe what you want to do. And what you're saying is you say, I ran down the corridor, I throw a smoke bomb into the room, and I try and jump kick the guy. And then you go, all right, yeah. and try and find a mechanic. Does, 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 that, does that trigger a thing that we want to resolve it with? Uh, and if it doesn't, if it naturally defaults out to, well, do we all think that sounds right? Does the table agree that that player could do that? I want to jump onto the moon. Well, you can't. That's We agree that's ridiculous. You can't do that. Right, I right. want to try and shoot at that guy over there. Okay, so... Are you taking steady, long game for a precise target, knowing that you might get shot back? Mm -hmm. Or are you just like, you duck down and you're just firing your revolver? Got it, got it. Uh, the second one, the second one, I don't want to get my head stuck out. Well, that triggers a move. You're now doing the spray and pray move. And we, we, we trigger that mechanic when it's appropriate in the fiction. All right. That, I mean, that sounds really great. So um, do we want to get into like, um, is there anything that you want to talk about your game first before we like, open the rule book and start looking at like how it works uh not particularly i guess uh just yeah just so that people know we're going into it it's a powered by the apocalypse world hack with various bits of other things thrown in for good measure that i've picked and scavenged from different game systems so uh, as a hero you are a count is that as a, as a hero you are a person in an weird 1800s american old west okay so whatever, whatever that means you to can... you you can be anywhere. Yeah, whatever that means to you in your table. It's the 1800s. You're in the saloon. Oh no, vampires! Right. Yeah. That's um, that's the that's the setting and the setup. All right. So here we go. So I mean, your artwork it, it immediately psychedelic. Yeah, I, it's it's very on purpose. Yeah, because I'm not good at art or drawing, so. I wanted to do whatever I could to really emphasize the tone of the game. I yeah. don't I don't have the luxury of like here's loads of character portraits and here's loads of things. I, I just have what I can to make you understand you should aim for that. Yeah. I mean it's the West and it's weird. It's, it's very weird. It's weird weird. It's the West and it's weird. We got a couple of kind of vibe cards here. One assumes when operating a financial institution to have to endure certain hardships. But I must confess, I never thought it would be vampires. By <laughs> M. Baker at the GM Silico Valley Bank. Pictured there with their eyes blanked out. Which is uh, good yeah, and weird yeah. and terrifying. Exactly that. I'm just trying to force into your mind. <laughs> it's the weird west. It's, it's the weird west. It's yeah. the west and it's weird. All right. Uh, 
Vi then, yeah. cards. I'm stealing that. That's an excellent term for what these are. I just okay. wanted up front, an upfront double page spread yeah. of let's get you tonally on the same page as me, best we can. Yeah, so I uh, find there to be no ill devil or otherwise that cannot be solved with a liberal application of prayer or revolver. A reverend Arborn. So it's just, yeah, Many it's generations just, it's from just now, some... his great great grandson Jason will go on to do yeah. the same thing. Fair, uh, a, a cute and wholesome tidbit is that the surnames and different things are like friends and family members so born mm. is my grandmother's surname uh grand grandmother's maiden name wow okay cool so throwing weirdness into it i might it's a little bit bigger see this on the screen so weird weird west is a tabletop role-playing game where a group of people will play pretend and make believe to write direct and act in an imaginary supernatural western film together all at the same time so if you're a theater nerd and a numbers nerd and a <laughs> monsters nerd and an american west nerd That's welcome it. all four <laughs> categories of people <laughs> you fall into one of them <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you described it as a pastiche of western tropes and psychedelic supernatural yes yeah. so uh I guess, I guess I wanted to mention as well, because this is a choice that uh, is quite deliberate and I've had some pushback on it from like feedback, but I've stuck with it. Deliberately saying that the game is meant to emulate a make-believe film and using the terms film and television and media references throughout. Right. That's a deliberate choice in that uh, I know that some people think, well, it's a separate medium. Don't be, don't be limited by what films are when you're doing your role-playing game. But I find it super helpful when you're GMing to be able to say to your players uh, terms like the camera pans across or sure. we fade to black or we cold open on the barrel of a revolver. Doing things like that, I think. I think it's yeah, good yeah, to, up, to up, up front the first paragraph of the game. It's, it's difficult a, it's to a make film. Regardless of where you exactly, are, whether you're describing yeah. a, like um, a bar, like an inn where all your adventures meet, or a, an yeah. epic, an epic battle, or a murder scene that they've stumbled upon, um, I never thought about describing it like uh, various scenes that you'd see from a camera's perspective in a movie. But uh, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't do it for a long time either. I don't know why it took me so long to clock onto it being a good idea. Uh, but now I do it almost exclusively. Yeah, just constantly describing things because we all know what TV shows are. Everyone gets what a cold open is. Yeah, absolutely. Use, the, use that. Also, you say think Django Unchained meets The X-Files, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly meets Supernatural, Wild Wild West meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So yeah, you're, you're leaning into like TV and movie. Very deliberately so, yeah. yeah. And that yeah, of course yeah. leads to these kind of like TV and movie tropes that people will want to do. Exactly. And yeah. you have an idea of the expected result of a particular action. Sometimes when you yeah. describe an action you want to do, you're like, that sounds cool. I have no idea why you're trying to do this. Exactly. Help me out yeah, so yeah. I can figure out like how this might succeed or fail. Just constantly reinforcing that loop of like, it's play pretend. We're all play pretend, but we all know what films are. Let's yeah. let's loop back into that. Okay. So like agreed limits on like a world that has limits beyond our real world because TV is obviously like one yeah. level up. Yeah. What we see in like Marvel movies, you'd never see in reality. And if we did, it'd either amaze or terrify us, or we just yeah, simply yeah. <laughs> would fail to believe it's actually happened. So, but yeah, in in a movie, you're just like, oh yeah, cool. They jumped off yeah. that exploding ship. 
Um, so all but one of your group will each play as a single character in this story. One might be a cold and cool bandit on the run from a demonic menace. Another a priest seeking revenge against the heinous undead, each of them carrying a weird burden of their own. So is that like um, is that core to the character that they've all got a weird burden? Yeah, so I'm leaning into that uh, just because it's fun. I think that idea of uh, the vampire that hunts vampires, the werewolf that hunts werewolves. Yeah. That sort of, you're all weird in your own sense and that's up to you as a player and a character. Yeah. But it is baked in. You are, there is something strange about you. That's important because, um, like, this is meant to be played over, what, like two or three sessions? Yes, it's a very good point. Yeah, it ties back into that idea of... It, it, it's uh, Think of it as like a TV miniseries. You're doing yeah. two or three play sessions, and by the end of which, one of you might be dead, one of you might have become fully weird, whatever that might be, and can no longer be a player character because you're now just a monster. Yeah, yeah okay. Because, yeah, like... Um... In a short game, like if you're playing like a long campaign or something, your character starts off and you're essentially just a very kind of like one-dimensional version of what you'll end up by the time you reach set- yeah. session 30, like what motivates you, what you do and don't like, and the, the lessons your character's learned and stuff. And when you've got a short one, it's important to like load that stuff in early to your character. So you know how Exactly, yeah. It, it's, yeah. You, you start off as who you are going to be for this short story that we're telling. Yeah, which is yeah, great. There is, there yeah, is no tr- build-up. Trying to find your character is fun, but it doesn't work when you're on very short burst things. Like sure, and it's just you know, it's just a taste of the game. It would have been easy to do some kind of XP system or something, but I just thought, no, I like the idea of, you know, a long cowboy film. You you come in as, I'm I'm already, the person that I'm. In another game, you would find yourself being ten sessions in. Mm-hmm. So, you wrote all of this yourself. Uh, we have a website designed, written, edited, everything is by me, Tom, and you you can find him on Twitter, T-M-C-G-R-Y. Um, a lot of people might be watching things like this. Um, I know a lot of people do videos about games they've written, games they're playing and stuff, and think, oh, I want to go at that. Um, yeah, oh, but I don't have the money or I don't have the artistic skill. You were just saying that you don't have huge artwork skills. So yes, it says yeah. here that you made all the artwork yourself using public domain images. Exactly, yeah. Find what you can do to make it work. I was racking my brain for a long time as to how could I put something colourful in this book that separates the walls of text. And then I remembered that I'm making a game set in the 1800s and the public domain photography exists. There you go. And, I, and, that, and that's, that's what it is. The rest of it is just trial and error in free image editing software. The, the, the core of it was, oh my God, there's hundreds of thousands of photos that the public domain has like, the, the copyright rather has expired. They're mm-hmm. in the public domain. Yeah, they, and then they, you list off all of your, uh, your various things that have inspired. inspired yeah, so I just, I just wanted to, you know, it felt right to just put a word in of like, this is a Powered by the Apocalypse world game. I've not come up with the core idea on my own. Well, I, I think it's very hard to, to like think that everyone like comes up with the whole game from the ground up, engine yeah, all, yeah. like on their own. Like you take inspiration from other things. Um, you know, like every movie that gets made is a result of every movie that's been made before. Like, yeah, yeah. No, no one woke up, never watched a movie, got a camera, and made an incredible film. That's it. it. I've got an idea happen. for a visual medium. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like playing a variety of games i think is a good way for people to like get the hang of like what it is um so let's get into it 
Playing the game. Nice little picture here of some horse and carts and a fast freight from uh, Francisco. So, playing the game. The game itself is a conversation. This is what you were saying before. The game is a conversation between the GM and players. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess, like, you know, just to, you know, skim over the, the, the headers, as it were, skim over yeah. the headlines. The, the core of the idea is we're not playing a board game. We're not playing a war game. We're not playing a card game. The game is a conversation. The the medium of doing this, in the way that I like the I like the metaphor, that the game of Monopoly isn't the rule book of Monopoly. The game of Monopoly is you rolling the dice and being, oh my god, I've landed on the hotel. Oh god, like that's the get. That is what the game is. Yeah. Uh, and the game of this is the conversation. It's you saying, I think I'm going to try and do this, and everyone going. Oh my god, that's crazy! And like, that's that's what the game is, and I just really wanted because you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of argument to be had for an indie RPG that will only ever exist on the internet. I highly doubt it'll be in a paperback form. Sure. No one's playing this as their first RPG. They get it. They know it's a conversation. It's sort of redundant, but I really wanted to hammer home the bits of that obvious stuff that is important to me and well, this I think game. I think it's good as well because, like a lot of times, um, like I will ask people who want who you know who wants to play a game. People are like, oh, "I want to play a game," but like they're not as deep into it. So having yeah, having something true. that covers yeah. it like this is a good uh, way to like get a grip to things. Uh, oh, Chutney Spears yeah. joined the chat. Hey, Chutney, how you doing? Nice to see you. We've also got oh, we got a few, we got what five viewers. Isn't that lovely? That's a nice bit of support that we got going on here. Um, yeah, so like I get players who join um, who want to play a game, but they like they're not as into RPGs. They're newer to them. Yeah, and, like, having something like this is good. And I think also a lot of people fear making the jump from being a player to being a GM. One hundred percent. Yeah. Thinking about how do I effectively run a game? Like how yeah. how do I yeah. know all the rules? How do I know what to? That thing do about why does why does no game tell me what to do? Yeah. They, they all just say name every NPC, right? But what do I do? Like what's the that hopefully this is a one-page primer of here's what it is, here's what the thing is that you will be doing, and yeah. then obviously there's there's a slightly expanded version in the GM PDF, but like this is the one-page. This is what it is. This is this is what the thing is that we're going to be doing tonight when we play. Yeah. So you say think of it as you as a bunch of friends describing a movie where cowboys fight monsters and occasionally roll dice to add some uncertainty and excitement. It's like playing pretend, describing stories to each other, and the GM. And rules step in to arbitrate, mediate situations of conflict. So it says you take turns, but not formally like in a board game or turn-based video game. Instead, you take turns like you would in a conversation. Sometimes one player will speak at length, sometimes multiple players will rapid fire. Sometimes you hang back to not let another friend shine. Let things flow naturally while making an effort not to talk over each other and for everyone to have a fun turn in speaking. Which I think, if you've got, if you already have a good group of friends that you like to play games with, um, that kind of concept, even in rule-based games, the idea that like give people space and respect, and yeah. assist people who need more, like wait for people who need more time, and assist people who um, are like maybe tripping over their like creative yeah. ideas yeah. to like you know lend a hand so that they can like have their big cinematic moment, whatever it might be. You know, whether, yeah, whether it's yeah. like, whether it's seducing the barmaid or whether it's like landing the perfect stab or like yeah. there's 
Tell your dreams be memes. You do the thing like... Yeah. Exactly, yeah. You roll a d20 and stab him perfectly in the eye, and if you don't take the time to describe it properly, then that's the whole sentence. But you roll yeah. a d20 and take a perfect moment to pull him pull him towards you and then to throw both of you onto the ground as you hold the knife against his eye and as as one eye pops in the other pops out and he <laughs> breathes his final breath on onto your like um cold sweat from the fever of battle uh, are exactly the same outcome and one is slightly more interesting to listen to so yeah, it, the I, game is a conversation this is the yeah. whole point this is what what we're doing is a conversation yeah. So you say you're not going to find rules here detailing exactly distances and feet for a revolver that does 1d6 damage versus a rifle doing 1d8, it, which is great because if you've played D&D, websites like D&D Beyond are like the only reason that people can reasonably play that without losing their minds. So, yeah, agreed, yeah. Um, and that's essentially a computer doing all that hard work for you. So mm, uh, yes. how much weight you can carry versus your strength. Where we West carries more about cinematic drama, choices versus consequences, than it does about a realistic simulation. And the idea of realistic simulation is of course nonsense in a world of magic and fantasy anyway. So. Yeah, we're already out of the gate. It's all nonsense anyway. <laughs> yeah. why, why are we measuring how much rope weighs yeah, like, yeah. What? <laughs> exactly. If I can make a bird appear because I happen to have some charcoal and herbs and I can yeah. cook them in a brazier, then I'm, I'm pretty sure we can ignore what gravity is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It always makes me laugh every time you make a, uh, a new character on D&D Beyond. It asks you if you want coins to have encumbrance. And that, to me, is so fundamentally hilarious as to the nature of, like, we're playing a play pretend make believe like how much do all my coins weigh <laughs> oh i actually <laughs> use that but, but for hilarious reasons because eventually sure, players yeah, yeah. will be like oh well you know i take ten thousand gold i'm like and how much does that weigh <laughs> 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 and then they're like slowly dragging a giant bag just an opportunity you can ignore it and you'd be like ah oh, don't worry about it but like to get that little red flag to be like you're carrying so much money you can barely move is in itself <laughs> a hilarious concept but yeah like the story is the fun part it's the not, story is the fun part yeah. it's not oh you've yeah. broken the rules you better put that down <laughs> so yeah yeah so yeah. we're we're west your character doesn't just attack the enemy they lunge with their knife stepping forward as they do or wildly swing their knife arm in front of them stepping backwards as you retreat because those actions are different and therefore achieve different goals or suffer different consequences. So it's like you were saying about shooting, right? The way that a person exactly describes that, yeah. their action is what decides what part of your game engine will arbitrate the success or failure. If, if, if we're at a point where you and I disagree slightly on some aspect of fiction or some aspect of consequence or something like that, we always turn inwards back onto the fiction, not... I need a I need a, a rule. I need to look at page two six eight, which has the mechanics for the thing or the what. It's it's always we go back into. Well, weren't you tired because we were in the swamp early and you're probably wet? That's a good point. Yeah, I guess like if I'm all if I'm all greasy from swamp water, I can't quite you know. We turn inwards because with the game being a conversation, that enriches the game. That's what okay. the game is, in in my mind. That's, a, that's that's yeah. that's incredible. I like that as a concept. I'm really excited to like get into how all that works. Um, so yeah, like um, yeah, I guess for for some people, there's comfort in being able to say I'm going to attack with my sword. Um, Absolutely, you know, the, the the upfront is that there is no way uh, to play anything. There's there's no way to do RPGs wrong. If you're having fun, you're having fun. Yeah, it's just this is. Uh, you know, I like the Apocalypse World Engine games. I like games that focus on the fiction as opposed to mechanics. 
this is a reflection of me wanting to make my own thing. Good opportunity as well for people who like are less confident with the idea of you know dramatically describing their actions, etc. Um, yeah, to be able totally, to get yeah. a vibe for it because here, um, the way that you describe things will push the story in a way, and if you're kind of, like deep down. Like while we are, while we go, well, it's a collective story. We still will want to be one of the characters in the story that like saves the day, right? We all yeah, want to be the yeah. hero. We, we're like, we're like, we're just wired to win. That's just how people are. So people yeah. want to succeed. And I think in a game where your role play directly benefits your um, character's progress and their story and your success, I think like that's a good. People like being rewarded, and it is a micro reward mm. every time you roleplay well. It's like the very basic concept of um, inspiration in D&D. Yes. Do something it, yeah, exactly really that. cool yeah. and fun and interesting that like everyone enjoyed story-wise. Here's a magic token. <laughs> Whereas yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is, um, you don't get one magic token. We're just, every time you do stuff, it makes everything better. We just, we, everything's moving forward because everybody's contributing to the to the vehicle that's moving forward. Yeah, totally. That's, that's cool, I really like that. Okay, so yeah, you say play to find out the story. We, we rest the game of consequences. Many of the mechanics focus on what happens when a plan works, but with side effects. So generally you're talking about mainly successes with um, things that go awry as a side effect yeah the so the the, the way it's written and the way even the dice probability falls is you're mostly getting what you want most of the time mm-hmm. with some aspect of ah there's there's a little thing that needs to happen here like the gm throwing a bit of trouble in yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. just from a, a pure dice probability perspective and uh as a way because when when that's happening that's pushing the story forward that is intrinsically Okay, well, you shot the guy, but now there's more guys coming around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You, you climb, you climb the thing, but now the thing's on fire. There's, there's always another thing happening. Sure. So, so the, the decision to like wrap your hand in a towel to break the d- glass of a door to open it versus throwing a brick through it, one of them spooks a horse. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll both have some kind of consequence because yeah. that's the fun of the game. The fun isn't in. Uh, you know how much can we win by the 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 fun of the game is you're probably going to win you're the heroes we're playing a game so that we can have fun american west weirdness you're yeah. probably going to get what you want but by the end of it the everything's on fire you're full of bullets you're full of glass the monsters that like you get you get to that end with the city smoldering behind you and you're like yeah we did it <laughs> right all right so before we go into game flow and core mechanics i want to go over some of your art um I also want to say uh, thank you very much for the follow, uh, Nexi. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. This is great. All of you. Uh, so you've got a character portraits folder, and then we've got two in here. They're labelled uh, feminine and masculine. I'll get one up on the screen now for everyone to see. I'll just go through some of these. So this is what you were talking about with your... Uh, um, God, look at that. So this is what you yeah. were talking about with your public domain so I'm, I'm low-key extremely happy with how these came out. <laughs> And I can, I'm more than happy to talk about them in detail because I'm so happy with them. Yeah, the, I mean, they're great because like you've done that kind of blacked out the eyes thing, which like yeah, it's an odd choice because you haven't blurred the whole face. You've just yeah, marked yeah. out, which like has the kind of old school like is this a crime? It, photo? It's like a 1950s redacted photo on purpose. Yeah, I had I've 
had some feedback from people. <laughs> one, one person said, there's no need to censor the people's faces. It's from the 1800s, they've all passed away, they're all dead. And I'm like, I'm not worried about them emailing me. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> that's not <laughs> the concern. <laughs> yeah, you're doing it for the vibe. Like, uh, yeah, it's look, for the vibe. Looking at a lady here, you know, the, you've got a little bit of vibe, like kind of craziness going on around it. When we flip to like the distorted one, oh my very lord. <laughs> what? It's just super messed up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I get, so the idea behind, okay, so like why do these exist as a thing? Why is there loads of JPEGs I'm giving you? Because I want all RPGs to give the GM assets to throw onto Roll20 and into Discord. Like, so this is like, just I'd the be able core to open of, one of the these. core of my being. And describe a person that you meet. Exactly, so they're literally designed, they are there so that no matter what NPC you come up with or have or use or whatever, you can just grab an image and be like, yeah, it's them. That's that person. What? Uh, when would I use the more distorted one? Would I like, if I'm a GM, would I just generally say oh, I'm going to use the distorted ones all the time, or is that... I mean, there's the, par partially it's so pr so primarily it's because I accept that uh, you know weird things happen to NPCs. Maybe they get possessed by a demon. Maybe that's just your, how you're describing they look. You know, th there's a whole bunch of scenarios. I'm hoping a tiny bit of me hopes that because they exist, the GM will want to make the NPC get possessed by a demon and get messed up. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I'm opening up some of these maximum ones in here and we'll take a look at these. A tiny bit of psychology of just like, hey, you should use the weird images because they exist. Yeah, yeah I get it. Uh, so yeah, so they're, 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 they're NPC portraits. That's the, that's the core idea. Uh, and then if people want to use them as player portraits. Yeah. What's that movie where the guy... Obviously. When he looks in the sunglasses, you can see how the, the people are aliens and stuff. Uh, they they live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got yeah, a they live yeah. vibe to it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you so, know, something uh, about these people when you look at like when you look into their soul or whatever. This is what yeah, you find. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love I like I love the idea that uh, yeah because they exist, the GM will be like, oh, you have a dream about that banker that you met, and he appears to you like, like this. this. Yeah, yeah. Why not? It's a weird image. Players love weird shit. <laughs> I've given you 80 weird shits to, to use. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that basically. And I mean, this is the other point as well. Leveraging what you've got when, you know, when we're speaking about making, making stuff without a professional budget, as it were. Uh, they're, they're dead easy. I, I, find, I spent hours and hours and hours. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't quick. I spent a long time finding the resources of... 1800s public domain portrait photography that was available in high resolution. It's quite a narrow band, there's not a lot of it. <laughs> but I was able to find it, and then the image editing, it's just, you know, use any image editor you want, play with the hue and saturation, mess around with the smudge tool. Yeah. 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 Pops around. Oh, nice. It's a really uh, low like, barrier. Yeah, it opens the door as well for like, if you're play D D, you spend a lot of time making maps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're playing something like this and you've got a good idea for it, maybe you're gonna take this as an inspiration and uh, take all the original images that you put up and do something different with them entirely, you know? Um, exactly. You know, do what you do what you want with them. They're there. 
for you to use whatever you want. I yeah, just wish right, more tools, games. Tools right away are inspiration to just immediately like all absolutely yeah for your yeah. own creativity. That's really cool. All right, so game flow and core mechanics. The fundamental playing of the game is a conversation with the GM and characters. They get themselves into out of various scenarios. So, uh, is this like four steps that I'm about to read? G GM describes the scene and the situation. Now we like kick off, is it? Yeah. So there's like uh, so, bearing in mind that this is the player-facing book, I just wanted to have a bit of a thing of like, here's what you'll be doing. Yeah. Here, here is what the actual conversation will be. The GM describes it, you describe what you do, sometimes it triggers a move, the GM tells you consequences, uh, and we just we just have that loop that goes yeah. on and on. Yeah, so you say GM describes scene and situation, player describes their character actions and display their intent, using as much description and narrative focus as feels appropriate. GM yeah. and players may ask questions of each other to get further clarification, makes a lot of sense. Often the fiction that the player describes triggers a move with a capital N. So I assume that's... Uh... Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess if, yeah, as, as we keep reading, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, do you want me to describe what moves are now? I guess if you don't... Wait, wait uh... till we get to it. If you think, like, if, if you're about, like, just, just a move is a thing that we're going to look at. So yeah, when this so happens... I... Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, just, just that, yeah. So, like, the, the thing I wanted to highlight here in terms of, like, the book is the examples. I wish more games did this. I, I've tried to write as many examples as like a, as a script in as as what seems, you know, right up until the limit of too many. I've put in lots and lots of examples and I hope that that's the thing that clicks it in players' heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think examples uh, are really useful for people. They can get a better idea of what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Cat in the chat pointing out that us both apologising and waiting for each other oh, to speak was the most British thing. Painfully English. <laughs> so it's it's uh it's it's just to say we don't both have cups of tea. <laughs> if I was wearing a hat, I'd have tipped it and just like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when there's a move, there's usually some dice to be rolled and some success and/or consequences get chosen. So um, yeah, notice you don't use the word failure, which is great because you know no one likes to think about failing at games. Consequences yeah, yeah. are just it, it, like it makes the story more interesting. The GM describes the outcome and the additional consequences of the character's move. If the outcome involves a player making a choice, the GM takes that choice into account. So and then you say using moves is simple. You and the GM agree what move you're doing based on the fictional situation appropriateness. Sometimes, in specific circumstances, you can deliberately trigger a move. For example, aim and fire to shoot a gun. In that case, describe how your character does that move in fiction. So you're saying it's not, it's not barred entirely to pick a move and do it. Um, Absolutely. But, but if you want to, if you want to do it, you have to do it. That's the, the the core of what this little section is. Is that yeah? Sure. If you have a cool thing on your character sheet and you're like, yeah, I want, I want to trigger that. Mm -hmm. How how do you do it? You don't you don't just get to say, I attack in melee. Well, with what? How are you doing it? Are you running at them? Are you creeping at them? That sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there'll always be people who want to work off of their action sheet. You know, their moves, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then say what they want to do, and other people who just want to like riff on it and then free wheel like free wheel it and then wait for yeah. someone to tell them, well, that's X move, and they go, all right, four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, you know, I sort of want to discourage that, but I get that. Uh, sorry, I, I sort of want to discourage the picking from the mechanic menu 
But I accept that that's what a lot of people want to do. and Especially when they start, maybe. And I, yeah. I think as well, it relies... So using the second one where you just describe nonsense and then your GM says, that's a this. Um, yeah. It means you need a good GM. You need to have trust in your GM that like they're going to... They're like... Um, you don't have an adversarial GM, the worst kind of GM you can possibly the worst, get. Yeah. The one that's competing against the players. So like, yeah, it's like a, maybe you're picking out of a moves list if you're a, if you're locked in combat with your GM. But uh, fingers crossed you're all on the same team and you're a group of friends playing, writing stories. I, I mean, f- 50%, you know, like talking about what makes an RPG fun to play, it's more important than any of these rules that you didn't, argue with your spouse on the way over to the game night like there's there's so many things that aren't even in the rules because yeah if your gm's a dick it's gonna be shit <laughs> like there's no yeah way. i mean you can't rule yeah. you can't like rule and game book your way out of that anyway like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. how people are that's how people are so yeah the, the failure of the rules can be paved over if the gm ordered pizza for everyone like, yeah that's, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and like uh yeah, as long as everyone knows that you're all working in a collective story and you're all on the same team, then, you know, regardless yeah. of how well or poorly your actions go, like, it's fun. So, yeah, yeah. in even simpler terms, to trigger a real-life thing, you have to do the in-fiction thing, which is what you were saying, like, um, yeah. to make to be able to pick a role. So, below, this is what you're talking about with examples, a player triggering a move in a game. We see the GM narrate the scene, the player gives their response, remembering ties into the fiction, GM declares that's a move and it's triggered. So, I'm going to zoom in a bit here. We'll just take a little look at your example. No, we won't. If I can't use my brand, my window properly. <laughs> there we go. So, Computers are hard. Computers are difficult. I, just, I don't understand them. More of a more of a kind of farm equipment. Kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so in your scenario here, the GM says, "All right, you walk into a saloon. There's no one here. Chairs and tables are still set out everywhere. As soon as you set foot over the threshold, however," Uh, you look to the bar and you hear a loud clattering and then suddenly the bartender springs up from behind the bar and he's got a rifle and he's loading it. And your player says, oh, right, okay, so the bar's empty, right? Okay, so if he's loading the rifle, I want to sort of crouch, run over towards the table, like keeping my head low in case he gets his rifle loaded and then flip it over so it's on its side, acting as a sort of shield between me and the bartender, which is a perfect description of, like, fiction without if somebody in, in, fi- in fiction... Everybody playing can picture her character running in the bar, flipping the table over. We're, we're in the fiction. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, running, so exactly grabbing a table yeah. and like using it as a shield. Like, they don't, like that description doesn't really think about like what we're about to do. It, it doesn't. It doesn't it's consider how far you can move per turn. It doesn't consider the weight of the turn. Nothing like that. You know, we agree that she could do that. It's a cowboy film. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do a thing. Here's my thing. Yeah. Um, it's a multi-point thing, but it's still it's essentially it's still I attempt thing. to coolly subdue the barman. <laughs> so, yeah. So you say in this example, the GM's like, "Okay, that sounds great." So he's loading his rifle. You spot him as he tries to get loaded in time. You try and dash behind the table, deliberately keeping your head down out of trouble. Roll me a reactor danger with reflexes, which I assume is like a, a move for that. Which is the character. title of one of the moves. Yeah. Sure. So when we talk about moves, there are different archetypes, right, within this game? Yeah, so there are four classes, or playbooks as they're sometimes called, or mm-hmm. archetypes. Uh, and they each have their own selection of moves, and then there is a common set of moves that everyone can trigger. Uh, cool, cool. 
So, in fact, do you want to maybe pull up? Have you got the have you got the image for the common moves cheat sheet? Yeah. Now, now might be a good time to talk about right. what moves. Pointer, sneak, think a weirdo, and then the common moves as a PDF. Here we go. Yeah. Common moves PDF. Yeah. So yeah, so each each move is uh, both triggered in fiction and has consequences that result in changes to the fiction. Uh, so you can see, for example, so uh, when you aim and fire, when you take aim and fire at targets with care and precision, roll plus reflexes. On a plus seven, you hit your target. On a seven to nine, you also have to choose some kind of consequence. On a six or minus, you spend several rounds trying to land a hit, but you fire wild and you have to reload. So what's that saying is, uh, it, it, you know, it's it's not concerned with how far away the targets are, what armor they're wearing, what gun you have, mm. uh, and, you know, all, all of that sort of is irrelevant to this game, to Weird Weird West. The yeah. game is concerned with, are you shooting at someone with care and precision? Right, you're aiming and firing then, mm -hmm. and that and that sort of everything that results in uh, in going into that move and the outcome of that move. Is in the fiction. It's all being tied into the fiction and out of the fiction. Got it. Okay, so the one that we described there with um, the character Alice or the player Alice saying that her character grabbed a, a yeah. table, ran at the bomb, and you said that that was going to be a reactor danger in the example. So yeah. looking at that one, it says when you act despite incoming danger or consequence uh, and take steps to avoid that danger, which is basically exactly what was described yeah. uh, in that scenario. Uh, Reflexes. Um, so bonus to your reflex. Is this bonuses what I'm seeing here? These pluses. So, so this is you roll with reflexes or roll with smarts. Okay, uh, so these are your stats. Reflexes, smarts. These are your attributes. Yeah. <clears throat> Got it. Okay, so roll with your reflexes uh, if you dodge, duck, or slip past the danger. Roll with your smarts if you stole the danger away. Uh, roll with your cunning if you outwit it. So what you've essentially built here is like a, a two-layered uh, roll system, right? So. The action is react to danger, um, but then it yeah. has like a sub item there that is like how you react to danger. So we're not yeah. talking about just a move. We're talking about a move with a style. With a style. So it's a sort of the, the react to danger move is a, uh, you know, from a game design point of view, I wanted a mechanic that was a, a sort of catch all for, okay, you're not aiming and firing or doing you know any of the other common moves it's none of them but we agree that what you're doing is dangerous and crazy this is that move that there's there's one thing left for right it fall it falls into the funnel of reactor danger yeah i think it's a really uh, interesting like move um with these kind of styles underneath it because mm. in D, D, if you're uh if you duck out of the way of danger you're gonna roll some kind of dexterity roll if you if you say yeah. that, oh, oh i want to um, talk my way out of the situation. You're going to roll some kind of charisma roll. Um, you know, if, if I'm going to so, stand I mean, there so and take you, it, you, you could you could say that a reactor danger roll is sort of like doing a save in D and D. That's yeah. a, that's relatively analogous to to, to what's to what's happening, and, what, and rather why it's being triggered. Uh, and so and, and so yeah. So importantly sorry. here, you don't, as a GM, decide the consequence that comes from this. You say here, on a seven to nine, you mostly get what you want. 
but the GM will offer you one of a cost to your success, a hard bargain, or an unsavoury decision. So they're deliberately really loose. So this is the point. None sure. of the none of the consequences are minus two health, or you do the, or you drop an item, or your armor gets chipped. They're all just like, uh, all right, a hard bargain. What's my hard bargain? Or the GM will say, okay, this is definitely comes with an unsavory decision you have to make. That right, sort of right. back and forth is both encouraged and the vehicle for the story moving forward. Sure, okay, you, you, spray, ran, you right, ran at the bartender. <clears throat> Yeah. Or your spraying prey, an unintended target is also hit, or your enemies begin to focus on you, or you miss maneuvers your enemies are making, which, like, yeah, all of those make sense. They're all equally negative, you know, as the, as yeah, the GM exactly. will yeah, play yeah. them out, and it's just your story to tell when you say, Well, I want to exactly. inadvertently hit a friendly target. And it, it, it's, it's, you know, this is the core of why the game is a cinematic game because. Mm-hmm. If you're spraying and praying at someone and you roll an eight, you get to say, oh, do I hit an unintended target? Or do the enemies focus on me? Oh, which one's better, which one's worse? Well, neither really. There's no, the game doesn't have a HP system. There's nothing that's better or worse. It's where do you want the narrative to, this twisting, turning, constantly fluid structure. You say, okay, well, all right, I miss a maneuver that the enemy makes. And then the GM goes, oh, you completely, you don't see. We, the audience, see the enemy pull out a Gatling gun, but you, you completely miss it. Well, now well, there's a Gatling gun. You you missed the thing missed, that was hell, happening. I missed that, yeah. You've got, you've, I like your overlaps here as well. So I see here, like, um, on Reactor Danger, 10 plus achieves your aims. And if you get between a 7 and a 9, one of these things happens. And in Spray and Pray, we've also got that 7 to 9 range for unintended consequences. Yeah. But if you still roll a 7 or more, then you're still hitting your target. You're still so, doing the thing you want to do. Yeah, so, that's su- a- so there's success, there's success with an unintended consequence, and then there's like a without achieving your aims, and then an unintended. Or like, you mostly get what you want. Yeah, and so like, we've, we've not we've not discussed it yet, because we've not here in the rule book, but uh, all roles... Every single roll in the game is rolling two six-sided dice and adding them together. And if you look at that bell curve, that bell curve tops out at seven, eights, and nines. So you're mostly rolling seven, eights, and nines most of the time. And so you're mostly doing the thing you want to do, but having to take some extra bullshit with with it. Right. And if I choose Reactor Danger, I roll my two D6s, um, and I get a six. I'm just generally. You've, you, you've failed. So yeah. So we've we've not hit it in the rule book yet. But you have you've you you miss completely, and the GM gets to inflict whatever consequences they want on yeah. you for missing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's actually so there's an example of each of the outcomes in the rule book next for that same move. Right. That's, uh, there's, yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to put lots of examples in so that players get the idea. So yeah, we're talking about fight. Protect, aim and fire, improvise, spray and play, manipulate, react to danger, scrutinize, rummage, the rogue's favorite, barter and haggle, and reason as your like core items that you get there. The core, the core things that everyone is doing and has to roll for. We when can they all do, do it. it. Doesn't matter what kind of type of type. We of can all do it. We're all doing. We this is all, all the wild westy stuff. stuff. We're all doing wild westy things. Is it cool if we open up the playbooks? Because you've got other ones for other classes. Absolutely, yeah. So open up one of the playbooks, uh, yeah. and we can talk. We can talk more about yeah how how they factor into everything. 
Alright, so we've got... Just going to quickly look at each of these. So we've got... Um, got uh, Fighter, Sneak, Thinker, and Weirder. Yeah, so if you pull up uh, pull up like the sneak one, for example, or you know which, whichever one you've got, they're all they're all the same. Uh, Hold up, so sneak. so so the yeah uh, yeah either either or. Uh, so the idea with the playbooks is uh, the 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 big difference here with Apocalypse World games versus again quote unquote traditional RPGs is uh, you can see that. It says on the playbook, choose two sneak moves. So you're choosing two of the four moves. Uh, the important yeah. thing here is that you are choosing the stuff that you, the player, care about narratively. You're not choosing things that your character is good at. In D&D, all your choices about what are you good at doing. Mm -hmm. I'm putting points into athletics. I'm choosing this feat because I want to be able to do that thing. In Weird Weird West, you're choosing the things that you want to roll for. You're not good at you're not necessarily good at them. You just care about. I I want to tell a cowboy story about somebody that does trespassing and somebody that does reconnaissance. I I want to roll about those things. Uh, oh, so we're, you're talking about picking a sneak title to start off here on the left, mm. and I uh, I love these. Um, we're talking. I think we'll probably we'll look at like this card to get a general idea of like one of these players. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, yeah. We'll close off there for like this. We'll do another one where we get into more detail for people who enjoy that. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think this kind of covers it. When we're talking about sneak here, you've got titles for them and this opening sentence, I already can think of many players that would love this. So if you choose the cutthroat, unless you are stripped and searched, you always have a dagger on you tucked somewhere secret and safe. I, I know so many people that would absolutely be like, I'm the cutthroat. What about the yeah. under yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the cutthroat. Yeah. <laughs> you have advantage on manipulate roles whenever you intimidate or threaten a single individual because you're the guy who's always got a knife. Uh, when yeah. you're in reach of unaware enemies with a melee weapon, you can land a decisive sneak attack. The attack hurts and bad, plus you get to reveal an exploitable combat weakness. You get to remove something they're carrying or your attack is silent and unseen. So like yeah, it's a kind of a it's a vibe basically. Yeah, so it ties from. into you know it ties into multiple things. It ties into the game is meant to be played in two to three sessions, and mm -hmm. therefore by choosing a title, you're not just the sneaky person. You're the cutthroat, or yeah. you're the con artist. You are already a fully fledged person. Uh, it ties into the idea of having a couple of fun rules that uh, I always like the idea of. The, the fun rules for your character is breaking the fiction in some way. You get to do a thing that's not like, not plus two to something that everyone can do, but you get your own weird little, yeah, you've always got a dagger on you. It doesn't matter what's happening. You, you just pull a dagger out, you've, you've always, you're always armed. Uh, you get your own little bit of like toy to play with, your own verb. You get your own thing to do. You get a bit of character as well. You get a, you get a, a bit of character, yeah. A, if you when you think about a person who always has a knife on them, you already yeah. get a vibe for what they're like as a person. So you already yeah, know yeah, yeah. somewhat how to play someone who always has a knife. <laughs> like I like the just... uh, I one of my recent play tests. Somebody played as the con artist. The next one down, and their yeah. first special rule is. Uh, as long as you've got access to your horse's saddlebags and a few moments, you are always dressed for any occasion. 
and they just <laughs> bounced around town going to every party and social event gathering all the information and it was great because it's like yeah I get to be I've got a little knapsack that's full of costumes because I'm the con artist you're, you're fully loaded into what that character is and then yeah for the con artist so you can always be dressed for any occasion as long as you can get to your horse's saddlebags the first lie you tell someone as long as it's feasible is always believed until it's, it's proven false it's so powerful you can say what you want and like <laughs> just yeah if that's... they can't prove it wrong yeah so when you spend several minutes having a pleasant uninterrupted chit chat with a target choose one thing to learn from them so that like it's a it's a plot device here knowledge of an item or target they have in the person right now that is of considerable value a goal or objective the target has in mind or an exploitable weakness the target so and yeah you kind of get like it's a it's it's kind of a, a really powerful insight ability into yeah the so world. it's that it's that idea of like tying back into we're playing to find out the story we are, we are doing this because we wanted to see what the story is in real time. Maybe you have un uninterrupted chit chat with the undead general that you're trying to they're trying to assassinate, and you're having pleasantries with him, and you learn an exploitable weakness. Well, maybe the GM didn't have an exploitable weakness in mind. Well, he's got one now. You yeah. you chose that part of the story. You no, he has. There's something I can exploit about him. Well. Brilliant. You, that's that's you in a mechanic, directly influencing, not the outcome of a role or getting a new item or something like that. It's the direction of the story. Yeah, you essentially created like an extra thing that's affecting the world, like of all the, yeah, the yeah, notes yeah. that interact with each other by introducing a new fact to the world. It's it's like putting a stone in a river, like it causes yeah exactly yeah yeah change to the flow. And then another kind of uh, sneak that we can be is the thief. So with a few moments of uninterrupted focus and effort, you can break free from any bindings or restraints. So as long as, as, long as people are just leaving you, you to it. You can't, you you can't be tied it. down. You can't be tied down. <laughs> you have advantage on any reactor danger and cunning roles related to sleight of hand or misdirection. So that obviously fits really well with a thief. And it says we're making a getaway from a scene, which is normally a time when most players aren't achieving anything. If, yeah, if yeah, a group yeah. is in a getaway scenario, <laughs> it's they're very rarely achieving things. And that's why I think whenever players are put into a situation where they're like, well, there's four of us and there's eight of these um, tower block sized acid monsters, they will die before yeah, they turn yeah, yeah. and head yeah. home. So, yeah, the idea that one of your characters is like, Oh, yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> it's like it's on your sheet. Like you make getaways, and you can leave your enemies dazed and confused when you leave. Yeah, so like, it'd yeah, be like I'm out. I, I grab, I grab the party and throw them in my cart, and uh, we yeah. head off out. Well, that leaves the enemies dazed and confused, or they don't figure out which way you went because of the like uh, distraction you set off, or you manage to drag and carry an ally with you as you go, or whatever your your thing might be. So, and yeah, again, can... it's it's that thing of like those three options. Uh, not only are not but can't be balanced i'm not that it's not it's not about the balance of the game it's about you choosing the direction of the story when you're the thief i'm the thief i do thieving things i make getaways i i want this to happen in the in the story that we're playing yeah and it's so that when i'm talking the the, the the world's going to be reacting to events and stories that like only like that fit my vibe yeah you get Which to makes choose sense. 
like yeah. like in a movie and a character's scene you know you know yeah. yeah you know when one superhero walks onto the screen to expect one thing and you know when another person comes on to expect the vibe to be very different you know like yeah a, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um so choose two sneak moves trespasser in the shadows never saw me coming and reconnaissance so these so, are like th- th- yeah they're formatted the same as the common moves mm-hmm. and they are uh yeah so like this is you know this is true of all powered by the apocalypse games you're you're picking the things that you narratively care about and narratively want to happen and take place yeah. so for example uh trespasser when you want to get in a building a structure or a premises you're not meant to be in roll plus reflexes or plus cunning on a seven to nine you're in but you make a lot of noise or you lose something or you're not quite where you thought you would be <laughs> if you don't take that move you can still break into buildings in the yeah. fiction but it's it's a it's about i've i've picked trespasser i've ticked that box because i want to roll dice when i'm breaking into buildings i'm yeah. doing trespasser things nice i see all of these as well have a have a in in the uh only complications section um like on this on a six or under um so whereas the normal movie yeah, yeah. didn't specify that these ones like specifically so yeah so, so the, the the idea is uh it, it it's not strict in the sense that i deliberately did the common moves to not have them but it's more that these are your moves on a, on a six if you completely you know you roll two six out of dice and it comes up snake eyes i know exactly what's happening oh my god i've broken him i've got unwanted attention on me this is a nightmare so so it's you, already you know, your you know belief, so you already know these kind of things come with these kind of consequences because it's yeah. a thing i do all the time and don't get me wrong the whole point is that the gm could add on something if they wanted it's a right another player could say oh i've got the perfect idea of what you lose during your breaking attempt mm-hmm. the, the the rules foster that sort of environment yeah yeah I mean, it's one of those situations where as long as everyone understands it's a story and it's okay for things to go poorly and um, yeah, no one's exactly trying to speed that. run uh, rpgs yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are uh, you are Playing them how you want to and good yeah, luck. Yeah, you're having your fun and that's okay, but I'm not going to, like... <laughs> so, here we talk about uh, weird ruination. Am I saying that right? Yeah, so this is the, I just wanted, like, a fun little, uh, you know, you can become a monster if you want, if by pushing your luck to do weird things. Mm. So, uh, every, every playbook, every class has its own sentence that is deliberately vague related to what they are so the sneak can unleash their weird to become unperceivable or remain anonymous or disappear altogether uh, and that's the idea one player might be like oh yeah you know when i when i push my i'm actually my dad was a smoke monster and i can turn into smoke to to vanish into crowds and stuff yeah sweet but every time you do that you have to roll some dice and eventually you become a monster when you do too much only so one d3 which is a d6 so rounded. 1d1 d6 halved every time you do it you roll it add some marks on the track it deliberately uh there's no limit to when you can do it there's no limit to what your version of becoming unperceivable is mm-hmm. it's again you're, it you're, slowly builds on this idea that like if you're rolling a d3 then statistically you're gonna roll a one and a half 
Yeah, it's you know you you get like uh, on average I think it's like half a dozen goes before you become a monster. Best case scenario, you've got half ten or whatever. Six, so I guess one and a three quarters. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, we were talking about yeah, you maybe get five five good goes of it before you end up a monster, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just a, it's just it's a fun. I just like I like the idea of you know every person in this group is hunting monsters, doing supernatural things, and, and also themselves. To- trigger this for fun. You get to be a monster. Three times without... Guaranteed. Guaranteed yeah. three times without ruination consequence. Yeah. Which is... And then like yeah. the little the little sentence of, this does not necessarily mean you are out of the story. I debated heavily on to whether to put that on or not. Uh, I just like the idea of a player becoming a smoke monster and then the game continuing. They've <laughs> all been like, well, Bill's a fog man now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and then here, details, so uh, we've got your name and your horse name, I love that, you name your horse while you're yeah. here, um, and then how, how would people go about filling these out? So yeah, so I, I've, I've tried to make it so that, quite deliberately, there's no boxes where you write a number in and then have to change that number over and over again, so the idea is for each of the attributes you're circling one of those options. Your sure. reflexes is minus one, your cunning is plus two, that sort of thing. How am I getting uh, You're just picking them. So it says attributes, pick one of each. I hope with a bit of GM guidance and reading the reading the playbook. Uh, I mean, the, the rules does tell you, but the idea is that each of the attributes has a value and you get one at plus two. One at plus one, one at zero. Got it, got it. Okay, so yeah, I can have one from each column. So you're you're really good at one thing. You're kind of good at one thing. You're You're average at one thing, and you're bad bad at one thing. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, and then um, luck. Uh, So luck, yeah, again, is expanded in the rules. But every time you don't make it, every time you roll a six or less, you tick one of your luck boxes, and you can then spend a point of luck on the next roll to bump it up by one. Oh, that's great. Okay, so yeah, like um, if you so it's like a sort if of you, you, going you, poorly, you can turn your luck around. You mess it up this time, but the next time you can go. Rummage, go that was one of the moves, if I remember correctly. Mm. Right? Yeah, so rummage is just, there's just a box there to remind you that you can only do it once per session. Rummage is you go to your horse's saddlebags and you try and find desperately in the saddlebags an item that you need that you don't have on you. And once per session, you can be like, oh fuck, I really need a lantern. I don't have a lantern. Oh God, I hope I've got one in the bag. And you get to rummage through your <laughs> saddlebags. And you have to roll some dice when you do it. And again, if you roll a seven, eight or nine, you get the item, but it only works once. So it's not quite perfect, or right. it's not quite what you wanted it to be. Yeah, uh, all right. More and then you talking about basically. your background and your appearance. These are these are essentially just plot drivers, right? Yeah, um, so the, the plot drivers, uh, your background uh, in the rules, there is like a hint of choose an extra item to start with, but it's it's only a hint. You know, you you feel like you're it's how a medicine you play. person. And like if I pick high society yeah. and I do something hoity-toity, the fact that I'm high society should see me generally yeah. like the thing should be a little more convincing. Or exactly. When when we're when we're constantly turning back in on the fiction, they are there to remind us. 
oh well you've got a, an extravagant appearance and you've got a background in high society you could definitely get into the party yeah yeah okay so that essentially is where we like is where the is is about where the players talk about how they do things and there is eventually a point where gm triggers a request to say well that's going to be it um, mm. and where the gm decides that is when they're doing something that they might not be able to do basically and that's discretion yeah. right so the high society um guy who can always tell a lie first time walks up and says oh i've been looking forward to this party all year and gets let straight in. um yeah and you, you you're not gonna make anyone roll for that but the guy with the background of vagrant um who describes themselves as ragged um who for the last 10 minutes has been describing how much um grain alcohol they've been consuming yeah <laughs> says that i walk up and try and get into the party then the gm's gonna be like guess what motherfucker it's time for a move yeah yeah <laughs> and it's that sort of like you know you say uh you know how do you get what exactly do you say to the guard on the door you moonshine stinking fool yeah and maybe they try and uh you know they try and convince them that they are there to work maybe their staff well maybe that's a react to danger with cunning or maybe it's a manipulate Mm. There's there's deliberate overlap. There's deliberate Depending vagueness. Depending on how they role play it, is how in you how decide. they role play it in what's happening in the fiction. We're constantly turning back into the fiction, and when it feels appropriate, all right, yeah, now you're manipulating them. Yeah, roll me manipulate. Right. Okay. Uh, I won't get into trauma because I feel like we probably spend a little time if we talked about trauma, unless you think it can be sure. covered quite quickly. This is this is about uh, failure and. Pain. Yeah, it's it's the HP system. There is no HP points. You just write down what's wrong with you from bottom. to top when it fills up you're dead right how many places have i got here have i got one two three four five six yeah seven, eight. I, I have now noticed an error in the formatting of the document right okay. <laughs> i need to uh, there's meant to be three three on the bottom, on the bottom. and then two on the on the two middle top two. tier got it got it okay um and then uh we're talking about inventory the ones in red they're just stuff i've always got right? yeah i like the idea of just saying to you don't worry about picking a gun on like you have a gun you have camping gear yeah, yeah. If you want, worry you about, can pick worry about another the rest of gun. It. Your yeah, if option. you want, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, or maybe you want a rifle, so you can shoot a range, a hunting knife, or a hatchet, or a rope, a first aid kit, a lantern, matches, and oil, or a compass. And um, yeah. so, yeah, that, that's that's a, that one. So we just now we just looked at the uh, the thief sheet, uh, the sneak. Um, yeah. With the yeah. cutthroat, the con artists, and things. We've got other ones that we could look at. We won't so, go yeah, through those so tonight. There's, 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 there's another four in total. They're all very similar. To, the the yeah. fighter, the thinker, and the weirdo. So I think yeah. probably we're doing that. This, is, this has been great. I really enjoyed learning about this game. So we'll definitely do another one of these. And we'll yeah, yeah, no, this look at these yeah. other three. We'll go more into the, the rest of the rules for the player's point of view. And then um, depending on where we finish up, we'll either then go on and talk about how you GM this or maybe we'll... Uh, maybe we'll finish up with player stuff and then we'll have another session just for GM we'll see how it goes um, yeah totally but where can people that want to try this you you don't have to like you can you can buy Tom's game and you should buy Tom's game however but you don't have to you, you don't have buy to Tom's game, there is a or if you want to try before you buy um, yes you then, can get all the core rules the, so the PDF we've just been looking at and all of the playbooks and 10 of the character portraits are all free and you can get them on the itch.io link. Cool. The, we'll drop that on the Hot Dice Nerds uh, Twitch. Uh, not Twitch. We're on Twitch now. We'll drop that on the Twitter 
Count Hot, which yeah. is at Hot Doys Nerds. And if you're ever looking for any of our socials or our YouTubes or where we are on Twitch or anything like that, we're at hotdoysnerds.com. Makes life easy. Uh, but yeah, we'll drop a link to if you want to get the free version of this game and have a try. If if you try it and you've got and you love it, let us know. We'd love to hear what people's thoughts on it and how it goes to you. Um, we'll do another one of these. Uh, we'll do another one of these soon. Um, if if you enjoyed this, let us know. Um, we'd love to love to hear what people are thinking about um, these kind of videos where we go through new games. Um, and if you are a game designer who's putting together their own game, um, drop us a message. We'd love to talk to you as well. Um, Absolutely. Great to know about new games. New game designers. Um, there's there there are there are gods of game design, and then there is also extremely talented people who have almost no exposure, and um, and you just want to talk about your game to someone who who is excited to learn about it, and that would be us. So uh, yeah, if you're making something, tell us all about it. It doesn't have to be a game. Maybe you're um, making maps uh, on uh, Incarnate, or uh, maybe you design. Um, short little adventures that fit into existing game systems like D&D. Um, whatever you do, uh, yeah, may Satan bless you for doing it. Wonderful stuff. Um, people creating content is one of the best things about RPGs. The idea that like some almighty god corporation is creating the only set of rules that people can play in a world where you must purchase monsters is there are, not there are no barriers to play pretend anyone can play pretend <laughs> anyone can play play pretend and if you're making it you're make you're you're essentially creating like fun and excitement and interesting things for other people to so yeah um, good on you and keep doing it uh, we'll do more of these streams in the future and um, Tom, I'm gonna get us back up so that we're the whole focus. There we go. Now, it's, now people watching the uh, channel can see just our beautiful folks. Thank you for doing that, especially being forced to talk about your work on camera for an hour. <laughs> no, this is good. Thank you for thank you for having me. This is fun to talk about. Yeah, just, I hope you know. that people can take this and like it should. Hopefully, you can show it to people to be like, oh, do you want to know about my game? Um, what totally? Yeah. What, we're, what we'd like to do as well on Hot Dice Nerds is when when we've finished all of these videos is to play it. Um, and what better Absolutely, way to play yeah. it than with you running it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do some we'll do some cowboys and monsters. Cowboys and monsters. It'd be great. Yeah. All right. Well, um, a shorter string than usual because we were talking about a game rather than trying to play one with uh, six people getting drunk at the same time. Uh, thank you for everyone who's watching. Thank you for our new follower. Um, <laughs> And for people who catch up on the podcast and for people who watch us on YouTube and stuff, um, get in contact. We'd love to hear about you guys. Uh, we'll finish up there. Tom, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is great.